Will the owner of a red and black land speeder vehicle ID THX1138 please return to your craft? You are parked in a no hover area. Now I'm the king of the swingers, oh the jungle VIP. I've reached the top and had to stop and that's what's bothering me. Our library is well stocked with priceless first editions. Only ghost stories, of course. <laughs> well, I can see my old buddy Mike Feedback, the technician up there in the control booth, has given me the signal to take five. Now don't go away, because we have some very special entertainment to follow. W Radio. You're in Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 743, and together, as we have been since 2005, thank you very much, by the way, I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are here on the podcast, our weekly live video and conversation every night on Facebook, blog, events, free weekly newsletter, and more. Please join the community and find everything else at www.radio.com. This week, we're going to unlock the secrets of the Disney treasure, the newest ship in the Disney Cruise Line fleet, as we discuss what we know so far, what we still have to learn, our predictions for what's yet to be announced, and our wish lists. Then stay tuned for our Disney trivia question of the week, where you can enter to win a new prize package and more updates at the end of the show. And if you like what you hear, please share the show and tell a friend. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Disney just revealed what will be the first round of details about the sixth ship in the Disney Cruise Line fleet, the Disney Treasure. And in what was a multi-phase, multimedia reveal, we learned a lot more about the newest ship, but there are still some unanswered questions and a lot to speculate on. So this week, we're going to look at what we know, what we don't, what we believe or expect might be coming, and maybe what we hope the treasure will unlock before she sails on her maiden voyage in December 2024. And joining me this week are not just fellow Disney Cruise enthusiasts, but those who are also able and, and privileged to learn about the treasure in advance of the public reveal. And first, always, ladies first, chivalry is not dead. Someone who is a treasure herself. She is Becky Mankin from Mouse Fan Travel. Ah, you were actually nice on that one. Jeremiah just typed it. He just typed in a trap and should be buried. Um, also, it's oh, it is Jeremiah. <laughs> I almost gave you points for being really sweet. Look at you, Jeremiah. You, you said it. Look at like him. Jeremiah. Jeremiah Good from LaughingPlace.com. Hey, hey, hey. Emmy, I travel helps out laughing place. So I, one, I would never say that about Becky. And two, 
she helps us. So no, <laughs> I never said that. Oh, that was a private text to me. It wasn't in the group chat. <laughs> I understand completely fine. Um, thank you both for joining me today. Uh, full disclosure, uh, Jeremiah and I were invited onto The Wish recently for a sneak peek at what was coming to the treasure, as well as this immersive virtual reality look at some of the new spaces and conversations with the team from WDI. Uh, Becky also had access to some information before it was released. And anything that we're going to share today was embargoed um, until the public reveal. But we have we have permission to share the substance of what those experiences and conversations were like. And I think that there's I think there's a lot to unpack, um, especially because we've been waiting for some sort of reveal about information for the treasure for the treasure for some time. So I thought we would look at what we learned, what we didn't, and what we expect, anticipate, and hope or dream for what is yet to be revealed. So let's just dive right in. Let's just sort of talk about what we know already about the uh, the Disney treasure. Um, I think the first thing and and I think maybe a surprise for for a bunch of different reasons is when her maiden voyage is going to be, which is going to be December 21st, 2024. And if that sounds like four days before Christmas, it is. Um, it is it, it's very interesting in terming in terms of the timing of the release of the Disney wish. First things first, give me your reactions to the timing and sort of expectations because it, it's, you know, it's a, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's also a very busy time of the year um, and an interesting, you know, time to open up what is going to be the official maiden voyage of the, the treasure. I'm really scratching my head about this uh, in, in 20 some odd years of, uh, of inaugurals for cruise lines. I've never seen one go over Christmas so uh, you know, obviously they want to give themselves enough time to ensure that it's ready. I know we had some issues with the wish before, so I know that they're trying to give as much time as possible. But this is an, an interesting approach to inaugural date. It's not like uh, they're going to have a problem selling the inaugural date for sure. And Christmas is a high season for those who who do like to spend their holidays on a cruise. I mean, who doesn't like to not have to do dishes, right, after the big <laughs> holiday meals? So that kind of makes sense. But it also then has that, that new ship smell pricing along with the holiday pricing. So it's kind of an interesting approach to an inaugural, uh, and and also you don't have a a full shakedown at that time, so you're you're literally going from zero to sixty in one point three seconds or twelve point twenty one seconds. Well, I, I mean, I have to, to, but I have to assume that, that that unlike the wish, which which was delayed for obviously you know mm -hmm. obvious reasons, I do believe that they are ensuring that they are going to have time to do some shakedown cruises, cast member cruises, media right. cruises, so that they are able to test and adjust and work out some of the things that they clearly just didn't have time to do before the wishes maiden. Right. And that's kind of what, what I was kind of alluding to is that there are some opportunities in there, which is why they might be pushing it out that far so that they do have time on the calendar to have shakedowns beforehand, which is, which naturally then pushed them to that date. But um, it, it's just an interesting choice to me. I, I could not agree, Becky. And yeah, it, I feel like doing it on the 21st is, we said it was going to be 2024. We are giving us the most space possible. 
possible. Um, I kind of started saying after we got a chance to hear everything that we may see this ship come into port as early as early October, um, just for the very long lead time, if they can do it. Um, but, you know, hopefully it does come in early and we do get the chance to tour it, see it, you know, it, it does have all of the spaces and everything done. We, you know, the wish has some very infamous stories of those early cruises of things not being complete. So I don't think we'll have the same problem with the treasure. Yeah. So I've been back and forth on this. I, I'm, I'm, I, I jump on both sides of the fence. I, cause I first hear the date and I'm like, that's crazy. It's four days before mm -hmm. Christmas. It's such a tough time of year with families and holidays and, you know, a lot of people won't be able to go specifically because it is that time because you have, you know, I come from an Italian family. You have 212 relatives coming over on Christmas Eve and you need to cook and do the presents. And then I sort of jumped to the other side. I'm like, well, wait a minute. That's actually kind of cool. Like it's a maiden voyage. It's a Christmas voyage. It's waking up on the, the treasure with that new cabin smell still in it. And it's Christmas day. Like I'm like, Hmm, maybe I should think about going. Then I'm like, no, that's crazy. You need to be home with your family. Then I'm like, no, just take your whole family with you. So yeah. I think- Yeah, Lou, I, take us all with you. <laughs> yeah. But I think, so look, there, there's clearly, there's, a, there's a, a, a significant portion of the Disney Cruise Line family and population and fans that want to, need to be on that maiden voyage. It's, they, mm -hmm. they enjoy doing it. There, there's something special about those initial, you know, inaugural cruises, but something even extra special to say that you were on the maiden. I think Christmas will be an additional attractor for some. I think the fact that it's in the middle of the holiday season might be uh, a challenge for others who might just not be able to do it because you can't leave family. You don't want to leave family. So um, yeah, I'm oh, not sure. I've never not been home for Christmas, but you know, I feel <laughs> well, like the cruise line is an extension of my home. So you never know. Cruise lines actually make a big, huge deal of uh, multi-generational families traveling together on a cruise during Christmas or the holidays. Thanksgiving and Christmas cruises are extremely popular. So that's that's one of the reasons why, well, they could have done an inaugural, which then from a business standpoint would have certainly been um, a good ROI on its own. Matching it with Christmas, you're you're getting like the, the twofer there. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be very interesting to see the pricing, how quickly it goes. Cause again, there's a tiered system of how these cruises are released, Pearl, oh, yeah. Platinum, you know, et cetera. So um, we should do like an over under as to how quickly <laughs> the maiden voyage of the treasure is going to sell out. Will it even get down past some of those initial levels of, of cruisers that sort of have early access to it um, and, until it sort of hits the open market? They're going to keep two cabins available out of the <laughs> Castaway Club, and that will be the lottery for those last yeah. two. And, and what will the pricing be like? You know, what is the pricing? We, then, which is yeah. one thing that we uh, will say right from the outset: we don't know anything currently about pricing. Yeah, that's one of those where you just have to have your American Express with zero <laughs> limit on it, and just <laughs> cross your fingers. Because the other thing too is that if you book it. Um, it, it's like holiday sailing and I'm sure that's going to have really big limitations on, on, um, cancellations and, right. and so forth. So it's not like, 
a lot of cruise uh, cruise bookings where you just put the money down, but you can cancel if uh, before final payment. I have a feeling that they're going to have some pretty strict, and this is just my gut, I might not be right, that they might have some pretty strict um, policies regarding cancellations and so forth. And Lou, uh, one of the things that, you know, as we're recording this, we're still a few days out from the official announcement. But when the official announcement goes, what, there's 10 days before the first uh, booking date? Wasn't it September 12th that they said the first booking date was? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this is going to be, it'll be very interesting to see. And I'm guessing by the time everybody's listening to this, they'll have announced the levels and when you can book. So mm-hmm. you'll have to take the day off and have five computers in front of you or just call <laughs> MEI travel and yes. have them take care of it all for you. <laughs> Becky's eyes bugged out of his head. Her head. When he said, I, go to I was computer. setting it up, Becky. I've done this enough times with you. I know how to go. I love you, Jeremiah. I love you so much. <laughs> the interesting thing for me is I, I wish I knew. And obviously other cruise lines tell you what they're def- how many people are in their dev- different levels. Um, I wish I knew how many people were pearl and how many people were were platinum. Then you could kind of tell, yeah, by second day, this thing's going to be gone. Well, look, we saw with the <laughs> wish. We saw with the wish how quickly mm-hmm. those early cruises book. Um, we yeah. see even, you know, other times during the year, other special event cruises go very, very fast. Um, it's, you know, there's not a supply and demand issue when it comes to right. Disney Cruise Line, run Disney, et cetera. So this, I, and- I, I'm planning on having a conversation, I think. With my family, it's one of those hypothetically speaking conversations because my kids are older now. And, you know, as long as we do the holidays together, something, you know, to a certain degree, it doesn't matter sort of where your quote unquote home is. I have this vision of like a little Christmas tree in my stateroom. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. We'll see. I might just be home. Yeah. But the other thing, too, is on the pricing. Uh, the the over under that I want to know is how fast it goes from tier one pricing to tier 10 pricing. Cause sometimes right. it's within an hour or two as things book. So that, that will be an interesting thing to watch is how that ladder goes yeah. over the, the first two days. And, and if sort of past performance is an indicator of future expectations, you know, things like the concierge levels go very, very fast. You know, there's only one funnel suite. We'll get to that. There's only a couple of, of other suites there's only a limited number of concierge rooms that often go, you know, again, because if you're Pearl, you know, there's a good chance you may have stayed concierge once or in Becky's case, 55 times. So those wow. might be the state rooms that that go faster. They always are. The yeah. suites are the very first to go. Yeah. So Lou, I, to your say, I will take the couch in the tomorrow tower <laughs> suite, you know, that way all the kids can have their own room. I'll just take the couch downstairs. Jeremiah is texting me privately saying, you know, you could still adopt me at this point. So I, I, I'm assuming. <laughs> you don't need a babysitter anymore. That's you can I, say, you know, I, he could have come along to be the nanny. You have the empty house now. You know, I can take either of the kids. Oh, Stab right into you the heart. Crying is bad. It's cold, Sorry. but but not this time. All right. Let, let's move on. Right. Because that's we're talking about some of the things that we know. The other thing that we know and and. We've sort of known this ahead of time, but I think it, it bears mentioning is what's the same, right? What is the same in the Disney treasure versus and, and comparatively to the Disney wish? And it's identical, right? It is identical in structure and layout, much like the fantasy and the dream are sister ships. We were talking about staterooms, right? There's 1133 outside staterooms. There's only 123 inside staterooms. So, 
the sort of deck by deck layout and and we were there were very specific questions asked to the imagineers especially you know about deck four is it is deck four now going to completely wrap around the structure is the same right so we're going to see the the deck by day deck layout looking like the same uh, one thing that's different that i think is very important if you've been on the wish and bears mentioning they have fixed and replaced the elevator buttons. You now, <laughs> Yay. you now no longer breathe on the elevator buttons and you you pull a buddy the elf and they all select. Uh, they are now push button elevator buttons. Once again, if you know, you know. Um, you know. We know that um, in the Walt Disney Theater, for example, again, slightly themed a little bit differently, but there are productions of Beauty and the Beast and Seize the Adventure, which... I love, they're both huge fan favorites. We'll be back. We'll talk about what we don't know um, in there as well. But I don't think this is a surprise to anybody in terms of, of the layouts being the same because the the planes were in flight. And I know that there are, are some people, especially if you are huge fans of the layouts of the other four earlier classic ships, um, the wish is very different. And for some, it's this is not where, quote unquote, it's supposed to be. There are smaller, more intimate spaces we've talked about in the past. Um, just give me very quick thoughts about sort of the the matching up, you know, from a blueprint perspective of the spaces and places on the treasure versus the wish. The situation for me is that it's not just a, tw a, a sister, it's a twin sister. <laughs> I was kind of hoping because a girl can hope, right? that they could make some little structural changes here and there to to fix some of the issues that that I have found on the wish that are a little difficult to work with. Um, it's but you know, clearly the bones were in place. There's not a lot that they could do in the short amount of time that it it would take to make those type of structural changes. So for me, I am obviously a little disappointed that we're not seeing some changes on board the ship to um, like, you know, the running track or. Yeah. Cause I know Becky, you're a big fan of the running well, track. That's really important. Well, to you. Hey, <laughs> that's one of the things we hear a, a lot from our clients directly <laughs> that they wish they had that nice try Lou. We, <laughs> you and I are going to be out there at four o'clock in the morning. Push me around the running track. Would you? <laughs> I need to get my exercise in. <laughs> it's going to be one of these kind of shows, isn't it? All right. So <laughs> I hate it but, when my parents argue. <laughs> Mommy and daddy are fighting again. So Jeremiah, I will turn the uh, ship around in two seconds. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, uh, opening up a couple of those spaces or, you know, give us some of that shopping space back and give us some some more leisurely lounge around areas. I was kind of hoping that they would do that. Clearly, they it doesn't look like they have, um, but that's okay because the one thing that the the wish and now the treasure are both visually stunning. Um, they are gorgeous ships and they're they're going to serve the guests well. Yeah, there's some of the changes that we'll talk about that are the visual stuff. But when we got a chance to talk to the Imagineers, one of the questions that everybody kind of beat the bush around is, is there going to be change to this? Is there going to be change to that? And I think finally they just said, no, it, it is the same ship. It is essentially the same. Um, you know, like you said, the jogging track, that was a big one. I, I'm not a jogger, but I love walking the track on the other ships just to explore. And this one, I explored the wish and got lost. Um, the one part that I, I don't know if Lou, you caught this when they're talking about a certain area that is coming, 
one of the Imagineers, I believe the chief creative of the design said, oh, yes, it's still going to be right there next to the high end shopping. And I'm, there was an audible groan throughout the entire presentation of us going, oh, good. So we can buy a $5,000 watch or fight to be in a small nightclub area on the other side. Yeah, I think that the spaces present uh challenges and opportunities depending on how you look at it um you know and, and every guest is different right becky you and i often come to these from a, a slightly unique perspective right because we're thinking about bringing a group on board we're thinking about where do we fit 200 to 300 people into a space that is not designed to accommodate it other people might be like oh i like the smaller spaces because that's not a, a concern so i'll be curious to see because there are, and we'll get to this in a little bit, there are some subtle changes within the four corners of some spaces that I do like and I think is is forward thinking and I think learning from some of the feedback that they got on The Wish. But let's sort of get in and, and get through it. Before we sort of step foot on the ship, there was one thing I wanted to say, and we, we were talking about this earlier on, um, just quick kudos to the the marketing team for Disney yeah. Cruise Line here. Um, they are really leaning into this idea of treasure and adventure and the introduction of this new character, Arthur Quinn, who is bringing the storytelling into this ship and the places and the spaces. And there is this sort of cohesive journey that Arthur Quinn is, has taken guests on in the videos and the interactive maps and even some of the things that we had seen, you know, before this was released to the public. And I think this idea of, and, and we'll talk about some of the other things I think that they're leaning into, but leaning into this idea of treasure and adventure and creating a character and a story. I was sort of hoping for a little SEA connection in there somewhere. Maybe it'll come down the road, but that's what Arthur Quinn feels like to me. He feels like a character who stepped out of a jungle cruise life type environment as a potential member of the SEA and brings us into this sense of excitement and adventure. Yeah. The, the video that I'm sure everybody's watched about 12 times to try to pick up the Easter eggs and everything was really fun. Arthur does a great job of exploring the ship as, you know, Arthur is us getting to see the extras, finding out why to do, why the treasure is, going to be the premier ship. Um, I mean, there were definitely times watching the video, I got a little teared up at the end when they're talking about the family and the that. But I agree, the SEA, it seemed like that should have been something that they were going for and something that we asked in the presentation. And they didn't say no, mm -hmm. but they definitely <laughs> did not say yes. And that that's unfortunate to me because it's such a, an opportunity missed every time you turn around you they've rolled out something that you look at it's like oh my gosh that could have sea ties and it just doesn't go down that path and this one would have been the perfect scenario obviously we don't know everything at this point there might be something there that we don't know but um this certainly would have been the perfect opportunity to to lean into those characters and and they might and my expectation is and when we get to talking about one of the lounge spaces i i have to believe in my little nerdy love and heart of hearts that we will have essay references but you also take a thirty thousand foot 
view step back because we as sort of self-described sort of hardcore quote-unquote Disney fans, the SEA means something to us. To the average 99% of other guests where the SEA is not something prominent, in, there's no SEA attraction. It's not sort of prominent in the storylines or storytelling that might get lost a little bit. So you can you can give sort of little bits of of fan service with introduction of things in the SEA, but if you do almost too much, you might lose people that don't necessarily know. That being said, hashtag more SEA. Like I'm yeah. always down for more SEA. I completely agree with what you just said. However, if you do roll it out on something like this a little bit more, then it heightens the awareness, um, which could still be that little mystical, magical feel you have about the SEA, which then would open it up outside of the Disney fan bubble a little bit. And imagine the merchandise sales. Just saying. <laughs> Becky, just think about <laughs> And just very quickly, if you are not overly familiar with the SEA, if you go back to show number 579, we give a complete guide to the society of explorers and adventurers, Disney's not so secret, secret society, but let's, let's step foot on board. Let's get into the ship. And as always, you enter into what is the grand hall again, from a placemaking perspective, it, it, it is the same size. It is the same layout of the Disney wish, but here, um, Again, leaning into this idea of adventure and treasure. It is themed after Aladdin and Jasmine and Agrabah. I so I like the the Disney Wish Grand Hall. I really like the Disney Treasure Grand Hall. It is warm colors. There's this dark royal blue. There's gold. There's foliage in there, which I'm assuming is artificial. But the introduction of greenery and soft goods and even sort of the the design and layout as you look at the the concept art it is much more comfortable and and warm to me with some of those darker richer colors uh, aladdin and jasmine on the magic carpet are is 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 the the statue in the center if you notice it's floating there is no sort of pedestal holding the statue up it's floating it's attached to the staircase and instead of a glass slipper you have a magic lamp, which, by the way, is uncovered. The glass slipper on the wish was covered. I have a feeling this maybe I'm hoping it's intended to be sort of rubbed, right? Maybe you rub the magic lamp for good luck or you make your wish when you're in there because it's in a, an accessible place at the bottom of the grand staircase in the grand hall. A quick thought on the design of the grand hall itself. And I'm pretty sure that that. Uh, magic lamp will either end up with a cover or it'll be something that is <laughs> covered and taken off for, you know, special shows. Um, so one of the things that Lou and I got a chance to do when we stepped on there was we stood in the Grand Hall of the Wish and they put on the virtual reality helmets and we got to look around. And as the Wish, it's called the Castle at Sea. This is the Palace at Sea after the Sultan's Palace from Agrabah. Um, Lou, I don't know if you got a chance when you were looking, the pillars almost, I, I doubt it is actually going to be tiled is on there, but it looked like almost out of Morocco at Epcot mm -hmm. where it's real tiles. And it was just so detailed yeah. and beautiful. And the, the seating area, they're adding in more couches because that's one of the things that they definitely heard about the wish. There wasn't enough seating area in that area. And then the ground, the carpet, 
was something that I was really looking at because my VR helmet didn't work correctly at first, so I was just looking down, um, has a fountain designed in the carpet. So you're standing on a grand fountain and the water is spilling out and then the tile work, tile work, quote unquote, around the fountain is Abu, uh, the genie is the elephant. And it just completes the area. Like it to me, this is one story where on the wish, yeah, it's Cinderella and it's beautiful, but you don't really get the mm. whole story. This you feel like you are in Agrabah or a palace at sea. And did you notice too I, on the on the staircase? It looks like there's fiber optics in the in on the side of the staircase, as in in addition to probably the fiber optics that'll be in the ceiling, like on the wish. Yeah, they did say that there were going to be the two shows each night. So I'm guessing the uh, Aladdin's lamp will definitely be the key to the magic. That's what I was going to say, because if you look at the artist renderings, you can see the fiber optics lead right down to the lamp. So you could see, as, as he said, it's probably going to cover it and then uncover it. So you rub the lamp and something happens, um, which would be cool. What I love about this is it's rich. It just, mm. it has a really regal type, tone to it without being overstated and i love the way that there's so many storytelling touches in here but they're subtle so it's not like you know disney's just like throwing aladdin in your face you have just the the little touches in the carpeting and like you said the tile looks amazing um but it's it's subtle but yet just a, it looks like a rich, elegant experience. And the two-story drapes um, add a, 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 a an element of softness to the space that I think the the wish doesn't necessarily have. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing that space in in reality, not just virtual. Um, listen, I'm going to go right into it. Let's talk about the most important part of the Disney treasure, and it really it's the reason why we go. Let's talk about dining. Um, let's talk about what is the same and what is different. Uh, 1923, I will plant my flag once again and say the best dining experience on Disney Cruise Line. Yes, that is including Enchante and Palo, which return to the treasure, as does the Rose. Uh, Deck 11 is going to have Mickey and Friends Festival of Food. Uh, World of Marvel is is back this time with a little bit more Spider-Man and the crowd goes wild. And now because it's a seven night cruise, there's two separate nights with distinct shows and distinct menus inspired by the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We got to see Jeremiah when we ate in Worlds of Marvel um, on the, the preview the other day. We saw a little bit more Spidey, not just in person, but on screen. Um, I had a menu item that I had had in the past that was different. Um, I think the, 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 the tuna that I had on on this was better than I had had previously on The Wish, but I like the fact that there's now going to be a second show. One thing that the screens allow them to do, and they alluded to this with the release of The Wishes, as new movies, as new characters are released and come to more prominence, they're able to much more easily update what is happening in and around you. I, I think we're going to see that um, inside of Worlds of Marvel. Let's just quickly touch on the other editions and we'll talk about dining as a whole. Uh, Jumbo's Suite is going to be the uh, new ice cream parlor um, inspired by Officer Hops and, and Nick Wilde from uh, Zootopia. There's bunnies and elephants and foxes and sloths in this very whimsical, um, light, bright 
pink area with not one, not two, not three, but 20 different flavors of gelato. I'm not a sweets guy, but I digress. Um, and I think the the dining that got, and, and deservedly so, the most attention is Plaza de Coco. Um, what was Arendelle on The Wish is going to be the first theatrical dining experience theme to the Disney Pixar filmed uh, Coco. It is going to be like Arendelle, a theater in the round, not just restaurant, but I think really it's an entertainment venue that also serves food. It has this central stage and, and show effects that are going to take place throughout the room. Once again, there's two nights, which gives you two distinctly different shows. So the first show, uh, the story of Miguel and his familia will continue where they left off on screen. They gather in Mariachi Plaza and they're going to take guests on what Disney describes as a colorful music-filled journey that celebrates family memories and togetherness with a dinner menu of modern twists on, wait for it, traditional Mexican fare and a lineup of live entertainment. I am Yum. ridiculously ecstatic about a, a Mexican restaurant here. Uh, again, you're going to join Miguel and his parents and, and Abuelita Elena for this festive gathering. And on the second night, Miguel reunites with his great-great-grandparents, Hector and Mama Imelda, and they transport them into the town square in Santa Cecilia with the magic guitar, and they're going to celebrate the Dios. God, I should have taken more Spanish. The Dia de los Muertos. Um, Very good. Very thank good. you. Family style with a, uh, a lineup of music from the film. So, uh, Becky and Jeremiah, give me your thoughts on the announcements in terms of the changes and additions that are coming from a dining perspective on the treasure. I am completely focused on this cocoa theme. I think that this is amazing. It was the best choice that they could have made for this space. It's um, it's going to be so uplifting. And I, I can just, I get excited just thinking about the music that's going to be part of your dinner experience here and Mexican restaurant. Yeah. But wait, Becky, I will tell <laughs> so you something. Wait, you said uh, uplifting. And, yeah. and in the most wonderful way, the Imagineers were like, you're going to cry at dinner. Oh, you're going to cry in your soup. You're going to cry, cry in my soup. I don't want to cry at all. I want to walk in here and just be loud, uplifting. Um, all right. I, I know that Disney needs to do that. They need to always take you on an emotional roller coaster, no matter what, because they want you to feel all the feels. I don't know why, but it's a must do. Um but I have a feeling that 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 bring you down to tears is is about your family and it's going to be that thing that they always do to you. But you're going to end on a positive, uplifted note, right? Please, somebody always, say acknowledge me. Okay, who? Shoo, that makes me feel better. Um, a, a lot of the other spaces, I obviously this is the one I'm most excited about. I'm glad that they didn't. Um, uh, do too much to the festival of foods because I love the choices they put up there, and I think that, that is one of the best dining areas on board that class of ship is the festival of foods. I really love going up there um, out of, out of those options. Those are the two that I'm most focused on, obviously. Yeah. The, I mean, something you neglected to mention is Marceline's marketplace is coming back also. It's the uh, same, right? Yeah. It'll be the exact, well, it'll be the same as far as we know. Um, yeah, Festival of Foods, they didn't talk about that. And that was one of the questions I think we all had when we finally saw that it was coming back. We all kind of, you know, got very excited because really I love 
the grab and go on all the ships, but that one has the widest variety and some of the best food I've ever had. Um, 1923, they did mention that the theme in there is going to work, is going to aim more towards the early adventure films. So we'll probably see some Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse or, and some of the other early Walt films leading through the years. So that'll be exciting to see. Worlds of Marvel, um, I've only saw it the first time I went on the media cruise, and most of it was through the lens of my phone. So I was excited to actually watch the show. The Spider-Man stuff that they had added, uh, I know they've been playing around a lot with it. And they didn't announce this, but this is something that you know we may talk about a little bit more. I think the second night is going to be specifically Spider-Man. But hmm. again, we'll see. And the that's world... why I'm bringing my underoos. So, yes. and, I, and I've been kind of curious what they're going to do for a second show mm-hmm. in there. But like you said, the space is is very versatile, so yeah. you can pretty much do anything they need to in there. But the other thing I, I did neglect to mention is the sweet shop. I love that theming too. I'm a Zootopia fan and love to be able to sit next to the character. It's going to be a great photo op location as well. Yeah, the the statues of Nick and Judy will rank up there with Mickey and Minnie and all the other <laughs> ones. Um, Plaza de Co- Plaza de Coco. When they sh- on the video when the mariachi band is playing, I was sitting there singing along, <laughs> and then he starts talking about the family, and I definitely started tearing up. And I'm like, "This is going to be the most amazing show because it is the first time a mariachi band is on the Disney cruise ships." Um, the Mexican menu sounds very intriguing as a California boy. I love Mexican food, so hopefully it holds up somewhat close. The music of Coco, I think, is probably one of the most underrated Disney Pixar mm-hmm. soundtracks there is. And the fact that it is going to be live music, I did ask if there were going to be any marionettes or puppetry like the Olaf in the Arendelle and they said no it's all live but the characters will go around to the tables and meet so it is going to be a true celebration of family yeah I'm uh I'm really really looking forward to seeing what that is and and oh by the way traditional Mexican fare so and and don't forget to put like tissues on the table for those (laughs) of us are going to be like a watery mess (laughs) uh listen we're going to go from the sit down dining experiences to some of becky's favorite words in the english languages not just cafes but lounges um there are two new cafes again replacing um the theming of existing ones on the wish there's gonna be the jade cricket cafe inspired by Mulan and Hey Hey Cafe uh, from Moana. But some of the other spaces that have been rethemed, I think this is where it gets really interesting because Luna, that central sort of entertainment two-story venue in the center of the wish is now Sarabi, which is named after uh, the lioness in um, The Lion King. Uh, the theming is obviously different, much more naturals, browns and, and tans, although it's still going to be the place to do villains game night and match your mate and some of the other entertainment that will transform from family um, style entertainment throughout the day towards more adult entertainment at night. I think the the most intriguing part of what we've seen so far um is the next two lounges and it is the skipper society which is where um 
the the bayou is um, on deck or that open space um, that's actually the, the two walkways on either side. This um, is this central outpost that has nods to obviously the Jungle Cruise attraction at Disney theme parks around the globe. And you can just see instantly from the concept art, uh, the natural colors, sort of this camp style furnishings, um, the sort of very obvious nods to the skippers and, and their tours and, and their waterways. You can see, and I think this is where some improvements have been made. The The ceilings are lower with um, sort of fabric drapes, which I think one makes it feel like a much more intimate space. And I think it's going to make it quieter, right? Soft goods, dampen noise and echo that you were getting, I think a little bit. Um, I think there's a lot of sort of bleed, especially during some of the busier times and, and shows letting out, et cetera, in the bayou. It, it's got this feeling for me like Skipper Canteen meets the Jungle Cruise. I can only imagine it is going to be peppered with just lots and lots of Easter eggs. You can see that there's suitcases and whatnot behind the bar that have stamps on them. And, and it's going to be just a an Easter egg. And for me, a scavenger hunt bit of, of placemaking heaven. <laughs> And the other location, because I want to talk about the two of these um, contextually together, is the Periscope Pub, which replaces Ale and Compass. This is inspired by the 1954 film 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I almost did my really bad James Mason. You're welcome. Um, and the Disney Parks attractions, right? And you can see this submarine-themed improvement and the design and the placemaking of the space this is where and i was referring to earlier i think where one of the subtle but important improvements was made right they've moved the bar to the back of the venue which if you look at the concept art really seems to have opened up that space also it's beautiful and brilliant there's screens on the ceiling that give you the feeling of being underwater, not just one or two little ones, but sort of that whole main area. Um, plus there's projections of water on the wall that really gives this wonderful kinetic element to the space. But I think that these two, and it's why I want to talk about them together, are what I call that they're love letters. They are love letters to Disney parks fans, Disney adventure fans, and, and storytelling. I love, love, love the fact that they are leaning into the Jungle Cruise and 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And uh, man, Periscope Pub is going to be the place, I think, to uh, to go on the Disney treasure. Yeah, the when they showed the... because. When we got the teaser box, we had a Nautilus on there and we had the Jungle Cruise. And, you know, as our minds always do, we went to the what it could amazingly be. And if, I would say this is one of the first times that without even being there, I think they've already paid off just the tease. Mm -hmm. uh, Skipper Society, I'm very interested in. I'm a little sad, again, the space because... The bayou is so small, um, you know, what that will end up being. But some things that they talked about were their higher end skippers are our servers, which I don't quite understand what exactly <laughs> that means. Are they only going to have high end jokes? Um, <laughs> in the video, also, the one thing they they never they didn't talk about anything special, but they kept showing the waffle. 
in that video and that waffle had better be there and better be something amazing um so yeah that i'm very interested in the skipper society but periscope pub will be where i am even without the trivia being in there because that was just beautiful and i got a we got a chance to talk to the really the initial designer of it and he said that it's going to start on the outside so it's not just going to be the wood like the Kagan compasses on the outside, it's going to be you're walking into the steampunk style archway and then you step in. And the amount of love that he showed while talking about the attraction, because I think they're leaning much more into the attraction than they are the film. So we probably will hear, you know, references to Tony Baxter and that type of stuff from the original attraction at Magic Kingdom. But his love was, he was talking about the team and how every time they got together to talk about it, they would trigger another memory and it would start to snowball into the next effect and what could be. Um, every time I asked them, like, are we going to have a dive sequence? Are we going to have this? They're like, we're still too far out, Jeremiah. You, you're thinking way too far ahead for almost a year and a half. But yeah, I think both those. and. As somebody who was never a cruise fan until I actually got on the cruise, <laughs> these two locations, as a theme park fan, would drive me onto the cruise, especially Periscope Pub. Yeah. Like that would be the one what I want to go and experience it. So they are doing a great job of going, okay, we have the cruise base fans. Now let's get some more of the theme park fans onto the cruise and turn them into cruise fans. I love how they put together Periscope Pub. I think that this is really cool, especially with the screens on the top. But I'm just going to go ahead and say it because, you know, it's me. It was just kind of weird for a second to think you're on a ship and you're underwater. But <laughs> let's go ahead and gloss over that for a second. Um, looking at the artist's renderings, it looks really impressive. Like you're going to feel like you are in a submarine in the space if they use that in that space if you use the um the, the screens appropriately but you're right this will probably be the meetup place where everybody's going to want to be much like well we'll talk about that later but i i really adore especially moving the bar i think they did a really good job of opening that up and giving it more space because as we know that was one of the the pubs that was constantly packed so even if it does give another 10 or 20 seats, that's, you know, a, a plus. Um, I think that that's absolutely stunning. The Skipper Society, I was wondering what they were going to do with that space because it looks so specific to that design. I do like the way that they've done the drapes on the, on the top to hopefully pull in some of that sound and the acoustic issue that they had with the other one. But Again, I'm I'm just going to throw out that little disappointed girl inside of me that I wish that was bigger. I just I, how how many I don't know how many diamond stores we need on board the ship, but I wish that they would have expanded over and taken away one of them just to give you more uh, space in in that uh, particular lounge because the music is great. The live music all the time is this one of the places I really want to just sit and take in um, the experience. And there's just not a lot of space to do that so you kind of have to be first <laughs> to grab a chair yeah and i love when we were, oh sorry go ahead, Jeremiah. Uh, when we were walking through the ship and i again hadn't seen that area since the early early days 
And then after we saw the Skipper Society, I just looked at the bayou again and went, this is going to be just like you say, if there's something going on, you need to be there very early to do it. And again, this was a waiting room for something we'll talk about later that we don't know. So that'll also (laughs) be an interesting factor. Yeah. And if you look at the details, because it's, it's everything speaks, right? The, the, um, the the lanterns that look like they came out of the jungle cruise queue mm-hmm. the 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 pith helmets that look like they were from an explorer and and some of the other details i'm really curious to see inside the periscope pub there is an actual periscope in the center of um the space and and what we're going to be able to get treated to as we look through there Let's move on quickly to um, some of the entertainment, right? We talked about not knowing one of the shows that's going to be there. Again, a lot of the spaces and places, including the kids clubs, are going to be mirrors of the incredible spaces that are on The Wish. One thing that was added, and when we had looked at that initial map and, and I saw this pyramid in the background, I got all excited. My mind went into a million different places. We do get an addition to the Aquamouse you get a third Egyptian adventure, which is also going to be ported over to the wish. And the Aquamouse is going to have a new storyline that follows Mickey and Minnie on a misadventure to an ancient temple. There's going to be a tour of mysterious ruins and legendary treasure. And obviously everything goes wrong and booby traps and unexpected directions. I like the fact that they're adding an additional storyline. So again, the rewritability of the Aquamouse increases not just here on the treasure, but over on the wish as well. Yeah, that's that's definitely an interesting step. I mean, it's when they first talked about the Aquamouse being the first attraction at sea, and we knew that there was going to be one, and then they decided to announce the second one. So when they announced the third one, we were kind of like, oh, great, the curse of the golden egg. This sounds very interesting. But when they said it's also going over to the wish, I love that aspect of it. Um, They said that it was going to go. um, And my mind just stopped. I apologize. Uh, It it was going to keep with the rotation that they do on the wish where it is daily for the attraction. But they also didn't sound 100% sure if it was going to be daily or half day or how they would end up rotating them. So it won't be a random you walk up and you just get the same exact thing like you know, a certain song on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy over and over again. <laughs> yeah, and we should be clear. They- oh, sorry, I meant to say that at the outset, excuse me. One thing we should be clear, the Disney treasure is going to be a seven-day voyage ship, um, which which obviously we can talk about at another time, how that may affect other ships in the fleet and their durations and, and ports. But because it is going to be seven days, you do have to have these second days at the restaurant. You have to have these second shows at the restaurant. You have to have additional offerings from an entertainment perspective. And I like the fact that they thought about things like the Aquamouse so that there is an additional rewritability factor to it. And that's exactly what I was going to say is that when you have a seven day itinerary, the the kids want something new. You want to experience different things. And I, I love the way that Disney tends to create these spaces and make them versatile so that you can change things up and make it not just the same thing over and over and over again, which is uh, you know, beautifully illustrated by the Aquamouse. 
So speaking of spaces, let's go over and talk about the space that you'll be spending a lot of your time in, which is your cabin. Uh, we've got to see some concept art from a couple of different um, designs. There's an Aladdin themed room. I love the map of Agrabah in the living area, a Lion King themed room as well, both of which also reflect these warmer earth tones, um, lighter colors. They're brighter, like even the drapes are um, lighter in color, which just from the concept art already, even more so than the wish, the, the rooms seem much, they, they seem bigger and they seem brighter. Um, there's also going to be a Bagheera Royal Suite and the Raja Royal Suite. There's going to be four different Royal Suites that are going to pay tribute to the uh, feline companions of some Disney characters um, from uh, the Jungle Book and from Aladdin. And the tower, the funnel suite here is, again, then this is sort of, this was really interesting to me. Um, embracing the adventures of the future it is known as the Tomorrowland Tower Suite that captures the same forward-thinking mindset that inspired Epcot with energetic design, dynamic art pieces, uh, molten metal accents, and futuristic colorful glass accents that will evoke the distinct atmosphere of Epcot's world discovery neighborhood. This is a 2,000-foot living space that takes place up in the funnel. It sleeps up to eight guests and has, you know, private kitchen and, and private ensuite elevator. Um, talk to me quickly about the designs. The one thing I want to say is I loved, because when we saw the map, there was a little spaceship earth on the map, but like near the funnel, like how and where does this play in? I love, again, that they are, for the first time, leaning into the theme parks, right? Again, we're talking about this love letter to theme park fans. We're getting that with some of the other spaces. We're getting this in a single space in, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a stretch. You're not going to walk in, according to the concept art, you're not going to walk in and see, you know, bits of Epcot memorabilia in there, but you see a space that is inspired by the shapes and the colors and sort of the quote unquote Epcot look and feel. Um, just give me your quick thoughts on, the cabin spaces and the tomorrow tower suite on, on the cabin spaces themselves in all honesty i was expecting given the treasure theme and seeing the darker woods and some of the the darker spaces like the grand hall etc that it would be in that more darker wood that type of scenario and it's not which i'm i'm pleasantly surprised and happy about that because you get those light bright um, colors with the 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 greens and the earth tones, which em emote a little bit of that adventure spirit, but yet you you don't feel like it's really closed in. Where you have those darker woods and some of those those uh, smaller cabins, um, it can make it feel smaller than it actually is. So I'm glad that they found a way to uh, to weave in the adventure theme without going into that that darker tone. Um, but then out of left field comes the tower suite, which is Epcot theme. So uh, that surprised me. I, I did not see that coming. And it's it, it's a pleasant surprise because I love the way that they are tipping their hat to to the theme parks as well. 
but I guess I was expecting more along that line of that treasure slash adventure. Uh, but I have not seen the co- concept art for that particular suite. So I'm very curious to see how much of it, is it just reminiscent of Epcot or is it like lightly leaning in that direction or is it a little bit more less subtle? Uh Subtle is, is. A, subtle is a good, yeah, I think I would describe it yeah. as very subtle. subtle. Okay. So yeah. a, a theme park, I shouldn't expect walking in and feeling like um, the, the tiles are up against the wall or something no, of that nature. No. It's not if, we didn't tell you, if we didn't tell you it was Epcot themed, you might not necessarily know it was Epcot themed. Got it. That's. I think that's an important point then to, to illustrate. Yeah, that's one of the things going into it. Uh, the Moana theme in the funnel suite on the Wish, you... You know, unless you're actually paying attention to the heart of Tafiti, you don't really pick up that it's a Moana. This is a little, the designs are a little more futuresque. But again, yeah, if you didn't know you're walking into an Epcot theme, I don't think that you would. And as far as the rooms go, I love the rooms on the Wish, um, with the exception of the TV, which hopefully (laughs) they did find a way to address that. Because as somebody who was staying on the other side of the barrier with the curtain and the TV faces <laughs> the bed. I couldn't watch anything. Um, but the colors being lighter are nice. Uh, the cat suites, as I'm going to start to call them, look very nice. Uh, that'll be one that I'm sure that I will just see. I mean, I will, of course, we'll all be staying in the Tomorrow Tower suite with Lou on the inaugural. So that'll be fun to stay in. <laughs> But yeah, the colors are lighter, and I I enjoy that because I do feel like even on the Wish, they were a little bit darker and kind of, if the curtains were closed, you were pitch black. If it's a little bit lighter, you have a little bit of, you know, frivolity in there. Uh, One, that's not how I roll, baby. And two, looking at the concept (laughs) art, I do see the large flat screen TV in front of the main bedroom in, um, in, in one of the uh, so i'm looking at concept art right now of a, of a concierge veranda room they don't they no, no longer have sort of those swing out tvs that they had on some of the classic um the classic ships so it'll be very interesting to see, yeah what what the other um suites are themed like right we, we know aladdin and, and lion king you know will there be jungle cruise themed room will they sort of lean into some of the other themes Oi, if there's a 20,000 leagues under the sea room, I will literally have to choose my room every time I go on the treasure. So that's what we know, right? For the most part, that's what we know uh, uh, from, again, from a, a physical space. The the layout is the same where we have an idea of what to the theme. There's also a lot that we don't know. And so, for example, we don't know yet what the third show in the Walt Disney Theater is going to be. They were very, very, you know, evasive in that question. That will be um, that will be coming at, at some time in the future. I've been trying to speculate and wonder and guess what it is. I know nothing, but if you look at that, um, if you look at the that interactive map that they showed, um, the the space where the theater is um, it, it sort of looks like it could be like a pride rock type of feeling. So I'm wondering if the, it's going to be a Lion King show, right? It's got the Sarabi connection. It's got sort of leaning into the Lion King in 
the space is there. Um, what do you think the third show might be, or what would you like that third show to possibly be? Um, for me, I would like to see them go more of, you know, let's bring in something new. Let's bring in Moana or Rapunzel with Tangled, or, you know, they, they talk about Pocahontas as being part of it also. I don't want another montage show. I mean, Seize the Adventure is a great show, hits a lot of the beats that we really want, but give us a good show off of something that we haven't seen before. You know, I love Beauty and the Beast. I don't need to go see Beauty and the Beast again. Uh, just like I don't need to see the Aladdin show that I sat through and slept through at DCA for many years <laughs> when I go to the wish, but something hopefully that is new. I, I have faith that it will be something we've not seen before. Big hero six, the musical. Yes. Wait, no. Could you imagine if they brought Rogers, um, the musical over? I just thought of that as the words were coming out of my mouth. The shield. And I have been saying shield. that that is just a test out there. So could you imagine? I, Oh my gosh. Well, Imagine leaving it's... Worlds of Marvel and then going to see Rogers the Musical. Me skipping along in my underoos. I mean, I'll wear more than just my <laughs> underoos, but like skipping along to a Marvel themed show. That would be so much fun. It's got to go somewhere, right? If it closes in yeah. one place, it's got to open yeah. somewhere else. But then there's um, the whole legality thing. Ah, legal schmeagle. Oh, listen, let me dream, boy. Wait a you, minute. Like... That's, that's international waters when it goes on. So I bet that there's a, a loophole for that. <laughs> Um, I, I love your Lion King idea because looking at that map, uh, again, just to, to tip the hat off to marketing for throwing this awesome teaser out there, which made us, I, I think some of us were like looking at it for 18 hours straight and then needed new reading glasses to, to try to refocus on it. Um, but the Lion King is also represented in the room. So I don't know if that's really the direction that that's you know what? going. Now that I think about it, I think the design of the Walt Disney theater will be Lion King themed, right? So instead of having the sort of forest greens that we have on the wish, mm -hmm. because the interactive map sort of is shaped like those browns mm -hmm. and rocks and, and of, of mm -hmm. potentially Lion King, maybe that's sort of the adventurous feel, but maybe doesn't necessarily tie into the show. show. Let's get, yeah. let's get to where we got to go because this <laughs> is, I think the big mystery the, and this could in the room, this could be yeah. the payoff <laughs> because when we received our, our box with sort of the pre event um, goodies inside the exterior of the box, which I'm holding in my hand is filled with um, like passport stamps and, and sort of travel stickers on the outside. And one of them is themed to a Disney attraction. Yes, it is. We, they were very clear and there was a lot of questions asked and there was someone in the audience. I'm not going to say who Jeremiah, who audibly <laughs> was reacting to some of the answers. The only star Wars that will be on the treasure will be found in the, the kids club area, the Oceaneers club area. What happens to the hyperspace lounge? If I'm a betting man, and I am. Let's play cards. If I'm a betting man, um, I think that space is themed to a haunted mansion lounge. Hmm. Maybe yeah, it's wishful even... thinking. Maybe I am just sort of like hoping in my little haunted heart of hearts that that's what it is. 
But man, you want to talk about something that would be a huge attractor for people? That would be it. One. Uh, so I completely agree that Haunted Mansion is going to be part of it. Um, this is where I do a plug, Lou. I, I know you didn't approve this, but I'm doing it away. I put up a nice little article over on Laughing Place about uh, five or so things about the Disney treasure, most of which we've talked about. I kind of theorize, yes, Haunted Mansion could take over Hyperspace Lounge, but there's also one other spot that wasn't talked about, and that was one of my favorite spots, Nightingale's. Imagine transforming that piano bar into a haunted mansion theme where it's it's hopefully they would open it up a little bit more or do something and just have it the harpsichord and have that as the area. Because if you're putting haunted mansion in hyperspace lounge, something that we all heard and saw from the early days of the wish, it turned into Guardians of the Galaxy, Cosmic Rewind, or Tron, where you had to get a virtual queue and you had to wait for hours. So uh, I would actually rather see them expand that area, take over Nightingales and hyperspace, and turn it into something bigger. Again, we don't know because the bones are the bones of the ship, so it could be that's a retaining wall. Uh, but I, I think that you're 100% correct, and there will be Haunted Mansion and Hyperspace Lounge. I really hope we're not just looking at a window of ghosts floating by, but it, no matter what, putting Haunted Mansion on there, again, attracts the theme park fans that have never been on a cruise. And Becky, before you go, what, excuse me one second. I, I did forget to, we, I, you're right, I did forget to mention Nightingales, and I asked about that because I looked at some of the concept art, and it does, and she did say that, it is going to be slightly modified, be more open, and it's going to flow to and from the Grand Hall. So if you look at the concept art, you see that there's like a bar area with with um, like tall chairs sort of into that space. So now I wonder if it is open. So some of that music does bleed out into that space. But you're right. I, I didn't even think about that being potentially Haunted Mansion. Sorry, Becky, go ahead. No worries. I I was all into the jam that Jeremiah was throwing down there thinking maybe this is the wall that comes down just one wall but it sounds like it's not because that that would have been perfect to be able to expand that so anyway when I got the box um I'm not sure if all the boxes had the plate the things in the exact same spots but the one that was primary was Haunted Mansion on the top and I looked at that and went oh, given that Haunted Mansion is probably my number one attraction that I love so much um, thinking how could they incorporate that with no information to this point, knowing that there is no hyperspace la uh, lounge at this time. Clearly, it has to be a Haunted Mansion lounge. And I'm, I'm going to go down that path. I'm going to put all my marbles in for this one and and hope there's a awesome drink to buy on board to Haunted Mansion <laughs> for the fun of it, you know? But I think that, uh, again, leaning back into what's going to bring the theme park guests that might not think of a cruise, getting them on board a ship, which I know that they want to do is get that first time cruiser in. Doing something like this would definitely attract that first time cruiser that wants to see what the Haunted Mansion Lounge is all about, if in fact that's what it is. Um, but that, that's, I, I'm going to say that that it has to be and knowing what they can do with the technology, hopefully they rise to the level of what's available to them to make that an exciting experience. Just to cover my bases, 
I'm going to throw out these four words. Uh-huh. Haunted Mansion, the musical. In the Walt Disney Theater, <laughs> Haunted Mansion, the musical. Starring- well, they do have the movie <laughs> that they could turn into a musical. It's a mashup of, of Eddie Murphy and Guillermo del Toro. And I'm, yeah. I'm obviously, I'm kidding. But um, yeah. yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see and and um, what that space is. And, and I think, too, you know, as much as they can do with the, the spaces that they have and the physical um, limitations of certain spaces from the folks that I talk to, it does sound like they one as they always do. They listen to guests. They very much take guest feedback and are trying to and have made improvements on some of those areas that were not necessarily the biggest guest satisfier. All that being said, taking a look at what we know, what we want to to know, what we hope is going to happen, what are you most looking forward to or excited about on the Disney treasure? Pick one. Can't just pick one. That doesn't work that way. Have you not... (laughs) Have you not listened to your own show? Just, just do as I say, up. not as I do. Fine. It's like talking to my kids. Do as I say, not as I do. Pick one. There are two. There are two. I'm going to say two. I'm two. sorry. I'm going with two. <laughs> um, for me, the the cocoa dip. What is that called? I'm sorry. I don't Pasta know de coco. Thank you. I think that that is one of the one things I'm looking forward to most um, besides the whole tearful thing. I, I will be that person. I'll walk out and go, it was great. Except for that two minutes that you made me cry like a baby that I, I need <laughs> to know. never like roll the color. You didn't like the one part that like. I know. The- <laughs> well, at least for the cocoa dinner, much like when they did Animator's Palette at the point that you and I both don't like at Animator's Palette. Um, that's when you go to the restroom. That's that. Now, you know, when your restroom break is during the dinner. So watch it once and then, you know, um, so, and the, the Mexican food, um, menu items, this just sounds like the perfect night to me. And I can't wait to experience that. But the one I'm looking forward most to is whatever this haunted mansion lounge is. I think it's going to be very cool. And the thing that I'm going to focus, um, on trying to, I don't care if it, at the very beginning, if it needs to be a virtual, um, reservation system, because it's so popular, like they did before, just as hyperspace lounge now is just a walk-in because the people have seen it and they know what it is. I don't care. Those are the two things that I'm looking forward to most. I, I did ask Lou when we we're contemplating this, um, is Becky going to buy a tombstone when she's in there? Is that <laughs> what's going to happen? Yeah, that's it. Can you buy your way into being the the thousandth ghost? I don't. I don't. They know. did that years ago. Remember yeah. years ago did they, they did that. Yeah, they sold yeah. the thousandth ghost it was tombstone at Disneyland. Disneyland. Uh, Ricky Briganti came in second for that. I don't remember who it was that came in first, and he got his own tombstone in the mansion graveyard at Disneyland. I think it's they still this. There. Where was I? <laughs> it was twenty. Yeah, it was a while, it was a while ago. Somewhere in wow. there. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Um, I will be good and choose only one. And I'm sure it's the exact same one you are, Lou. Suck Periscope up. Pub. It's like, I don't drink at all. I love the trivia. I love the games. So combining all of that into that area, I will probably take up residence in there for quite a while. To uh, to quote a a famous elder statesman of our generation, um, you're going to need a bigger boat, or in this case, a bigger pub. Um, Periscope Pub is the thing that that I'm most excited about. Again, 
it's not because the, the the space is a flex space. It's not just used as a bar and a lounge. Like throughout the day and even the evening, they have a, one. They have a separate menu, right? They have a like Alan Compass has a really good bar menu. They do a lot of games. They do trivia. If you're going during football season, you can go and watch a game and just sort of hang out. It's the one. So I'm going to sort of contradict myself a little bit because it's the one place that I don't mind being a little bit more intimate as opposed to being this cavernous space like, you know, evolution on one of the other ships being sort of themed to 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea because it's smaller, because it's intimate. It feels right for this sort of theme and space. And and because they've moved the bar to the back, it looks like it's a little bit bigger. They can hopefully do more in that space and accommodate some more people too. But I think, um, I think Periscope Pub is going to be very popular, not just with people who enjoy cruising, but again, with the theme park fans. And I'm a, a fan of the film as well. So um, Periscope Pub is number one. Until we hear about what we don't know yet, um, Disney has a, a wonderful way and I think a great opportunity to continue to surprise us with what is coming on the Disney treasure. I would love to know from you, our friend who has been sitting here with us at the virtual Periscope Pub. What are you most looking forward to or excited about for the Disney treasure? Which of these places or spaces excites you most or what is your sort of thought and feedback about what you've seen about the Disney treasure as a whole. There's a lot of different ways that I, that you can let me know one, you can call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. Let me know. Let me hear the passion in your voice. I will play it on the show. You can also come be part of the community and conversation over in the clubhouse at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. Then when you're done, you can go to laughingplace.com and find out all the goodness that Jeremiah and the team over there shares. And you can follow Jeremiah on all of his socials. I will share all those um, in the show notes. And when you're ready to go on the Disney treasure or the wish or with us on one of our future adventures, dot, 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 coming soon uh, or anywhere on this big, blue, beautiful planet of ours, you can go and visit Becky and her amazing team of agents over at mousefantravel.com. Becky and Jeremiah, thank you for taking this preliminary virtual voyage with me. Um, I look forward and fingers crossed that we can do it together for reals um, sometime after or in December 2024. See, that's what's going to be fun is after we've been on board the ship coming back and talking about what the reality is rather than talking about what we're looking at from from artist renderings yeah the recap is always the most fun usually we take at least a week after to recover from the time but then talking about it you know that that carries on our stories and our adventures plus our our little family here is going to be together for christmas how cool is that i know you're so nice i know what a guy he's got that mx card i've got access to we okay see. Jeremiah, what, what what suite do you want to stay in uh, i'd like the bagheera okay all right well let me see if we can grab that for you the tw- i just want to I just want, all i want is a regular room near the elevator just underneath uh marceline market old, and just so i can oh, have easy wait a minute short access to food marceline market or do you want to be under festival of foods yeah, festival of foods festival, of foods. Festival yeah, of I'm, foods. A, I'm a late night oh 
gosh, I can't wait for the treasure of chicken tenders. Chicken. Treasure chicken tenders. If they tenders. can serve chicken tenders in like a little treasure box and. That's like your happy place. It is. I have a huge grin <laughs> on my face. <laughs> just, just give Lou some chicken tenders and he's a happy man. That's it. I don't need it. That's going to be the next chicken, media wait, gift. Wait, 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 wait. Chicken wait, chicken tenders wrapped in a waffle cone. Hang out. <gasps> chicken and waffles, it's a big thing down here. Time for our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, where you can test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history, the details in which you see, hear, or remember, maybe identify where in Walt Disney World you may have heard a sound, a song, or a quote. And if you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. And this week's trivia contest is once again brought to you by you and every member of the WWO Nation family that help brings every episode of the show to life, every live broadcast, the contests and giveaways. They're not all just for you, but thanks to you. And you can find out how you can help the show for as little as a dollar per month and also get exclusive rewards every month like scavenger hunts, trivia quests, take part in our group video calls, get access to our private Facebook group, their shirts, stickers, monthly care packages, early access and discounts to special events, and much more. More importantly, I'm grateful to you and for you for your love, support, friendship, and help. And I love being able to give back to you and do things with you each and every month. I want to thank some new and longtime members of the Nation family, including Nick Slate, Dan Moore, Amy Bartlett, and Kelly Baldwin. I sincerely appreciate you. And of course, don't forget that a portion of your contribution goes to our Dream Team Project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. To find out how you can be part of the Nation family, you can visit www.radio.com support. Now, before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's and select our winner. Last week, we went deeper into the jungle with former Imagineer and skipper Kevin Lively. And I asked you to tell me what element or prop or set piece in the Walt Disney World Jungle Cruise has a direct connection to the, rest in peace, great movie ride. Thanks to all of you who entered, got this one correct, and knew, of course, that the Lockheed Model 12 Electra Jr., you didn't need to put that in there, the transportation aircraft from the 1930s, can be seen crashed on the shoreline of the Jungle Cruise, well, actually just the back half, because the front half of that plane was used over at Disney's Hollywood Studios in the great movie ride as part of the Casablanca scene. It's like it's out of Lost, right? The front half of the plane is on one section of the island and the tailies are in another section, but I digress. Anyway, I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one. Yes, I love Lost. I've watched it in its entirety seven times. But from all the correct entries, I randomly selected one. And last week, you were playing for a brand new prize. You are the very first person to get the all new 3D WW Radio keychain. And I'm gonna throw some other goodies in your prize package as well. And last week's winner, randomly selected is Erica Murray from beautiful Metairie, Louisiana. Anyway, Erica, I have your address. I'll get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay because here's your next chance to enter in this week's non-Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So we're talking about the Disney treasure. Let's go to Disney Cruise Line because the Disney Wonder, which may or may not very well be my favorite ship in the fleet, 
let's see what the treasure has to offer, was the very first Disney Cruise Line ship to have a character act as the ship's fairy godmother instead of a real person. Who is it? Who is the fairy godmother of the Disney Wonder? You have until Sunday, September 10th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there, and again, you're playing for the brand new soft rubber 3D WW Radio keychain and maybe a little bonus prize as well. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Please come be part of the community and conversation over in the WW Radio Clubhouse on Facebook at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. You can also connect with me on social. I am at Lou Mangiello on Instagram, Facebook, X, and LinkedIn. And please be sure to like the WW Radio page on Facebook at facebook.com slash WW Radio. Make sure you turn on notifications there and in the clubhouse, because in addition to our Wednesday night live show every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, this week I'm going to be in Disneyland live covering some of the fall favorites as well as the grand opening of San Francisco Square in Disney California Adventure. I'm a huge Baymax fan. Cannot wait to see that. I'm hoping to meet and get a picture with Baymax and, of course, sample each and every one of the foods inspired by one of my favorite films, which is Big Hero 6. Of course, I'm also going to go over to Disneyland and check out Haunted Mansion Holiday with the new Gingerbread House, Halloween Screams, Nighttime Projection Show, Radiator Screams back over at Disney California Adventure Park, Avengers Campus, not just for the shawarma, but Guardians of the Galaxy, Monsters After Dark, and who knows what else we might see, do, and of course eat. And I'd love for you to virtually join me. So turn on notifications so you don't miss a thing. Again, both on the WW Radio page and in the clubhouse. I'm also going to try and pull together an on-the-road meetup while I'm out in Disneyland, probably in downtown Disney. So check out the events page over at www.radio.com slash event, not just for upcoming meetups in the parks and on the road, but upcoming cruises, adventures by Disney. We still have some room for our Nat Geo Christmas Market Danube River Cruise Adventure this December and much more to come. Also, please check out loumangelo.com. I still have just a few seats left for my Momentum Weekend Workshop in Walt Disney World this September 29th through October 1st. It is a three-day, one-room, 20-session, 50-person interactive workshop that will help you launch, build, grow, and monetize your business or brand. Whether you are a content creator, blogger, podcaster, you have an online business, product, or service, or even a brick-and-mortar business that you're looking to take to the next level, Momentum is built on the pillars of inspiration, education, and community I am incredibly excited for what is going to be our seventh year of momentum. The workbook is bigger. Every attendee gets a workbook that's 175 plus pages. We have a powerful lineup of impactful sessions, panels, and workshop, even more time to learn and network. And this weekend, I went crazy. I just ordered a bunch of new giveaways and have a few surprises planned as well. There are only about four seats remaining, but I would love to try and help you get to Momentum so you can use discount code UNLOCK100 and save $100 off your ticket. We also have discounted rooms and park tickets at our host hotel, which is the Hilton Orlando Lake Buena Vista, right across the street from Disney Springs. And if you have any questions, not sure if Momentum is right for you, just email me, lou at www.radio.com. And if you're looking to come to Momentum, out to Disneyland, on your next Disney cruise, 
please go and visit Becky and her team of agents over at mousefantravel.com. If you've listened to the show in the past, for the past 16, 17 years, you know it's who I use, it's who I recommend because it's who I trust for you. They treat you like family. They actively look for all available discounts and their services come at no cost to you. Again, you can visit them over at mousefantravel.com. And of course, as always, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. How can you do that? Take a picture on your phone while you're listening and share it on social. Tag me at Lou Mangiello. If you're listening on Spotify, you can please rate the show in the app and go into the app and take a look and answer the question of the week exclusive to Spotify. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show there. It is incredibly helpful. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Stubot, who says, I'm hooked. I've been listening to multiple episodes of the podcast just about every day for the last few months. Wow, that's a lot of Lou. Thank you. A few weeks ago, I decided to start at the very first episode and work my way forward. I still believe that the first episode is six minutes of absolute torture, but I appreciate you. Lou knows his history, and I learned something fun and interesting on every episode. My next Disney World trip isn't scheduled until December, but I cannot wait to go and share all my new knowledge about the parks. Stubot, thank you very much, and thank you, my friend, for once again taking time out of what I know is a very busy day or week to tune in and listen. Thank you for being part of this incredible community that you have not only helped create and grow and nurture for so many years. And thank you in advance, or if you've been doing it all along, for choosing the good, for not only finding the good in everything and everyone that you encounter, but more importantly, simply being kind and patient and polite and courteous to others. Simple things that have a huge positive ripple effect on others. I hope that this truly is your best week ever. I hope to see you on the live show from Disneyland or in Disneyland this week. And once again, right back here next week. I love you. I appreciate you. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou, this is Laura Ann. I'm calling from South Carolina. Um, it is currently Thursday, August 31st, and I have been listening to you since 2016, but I have gone back now and I'm starting from the very beginning. And I just listened to episodes 142 and 143. 142 was a top 10 with Tim Foster about things that you missed. And I just wanted to call in and say things that I missed. So I've been going since 1999. So anything from before that, I can't miss because I didn't get to see it. But um, And, of course, over half of mine are food. So I'm sure that you can relate to that. But attraction-wise, I really missed the great movie ride. I really miss the Osborne Lights in Hollywood Studios. I really miss Toontown. I really miss Thorin over California. Main Street Electrical Parade, or really any nighttime parade for that matter. Um, and this might be an unpopular opinion, but I miss the Sorcerer's Hat in Hollywood Studios. <laughs> and then food-wise, um, they used to have this strawberry lemonade with fresh strawberries in it outside of the Little Mermaid ride. Oh, it was so good. And I really miss that. And then at the Grand Floridian for breakfast, they had where you could get a pancake, a French toast, or a waffle, and then you could choose from three different sets of toppings. Oh, it was my favorite thing to get. I really wish they would bring that back. Um, I also missed the candy corn ice cream that they used to have in the Magic Kingdom during Halloween. Now they have a sweet corn, which is good, but the candy corn was better. And then I missed the at R- Rose and Crown in Epcot. They had a Welsh burger. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if you ever had that, but it was amazing. I wish that they would bring that back. And then last but not least, when I went to Coral Reef, 
and this is all pre-COVID, they had a steak, and I swear it was the best steak on property. Now they have a prime rib, and it is not as good as whatever they used to have. And then I just listened to 143, and it was funny because you and Becky were talking about um, how you were anticipating your cruise on the dream. They had just announced the dream. And I think it's funny because now here in 2023, I'm anticipating the announcement for the treasure. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. I think it's cool to listen back and hear how excited y'all were for the dream. I love the dream. I love the fantasy. I love that class of ship. And now we have the wish, and we are anxiously awaiting the treasure. Um, hope I get to call in some more. And after I'm listening to all these episodes, it's really fun to listen back and um, appreciate all the stuff that went on at Disney and look forward to the future. Have a magical day. Hi, everybody. It's Elizabeth from Massachusetts. I just finishing, finished listening to episode 734, where you had AJ on from Disney Food Blog about all the best foods in Walt Disney World and restaurants. And, oh, my God, I'm, like, absolutely starving now. Um, but I am getting more and more excited for my family trip next week because I was able to snag some reservations at – some places that I've never met, because I think that's the craziest part, is, like, we either, as Disney fans, go back to the same places because we love them, uh, or, like, try something once, and then, like, by the time we get through a huge list of restaurants that we need to get to, just, like, I don't know, never go back to a restaurant in, like, years. So I was able to snag a few um, that I'm, like, excited to go back and experience that I haven't in a while. Um, and also, shout out to the Brown Derby Lounge. You guys mentioned that. And honestly, I've had some really awesome experiences there recently. Um, just with the more chill uh, atmosphere, I love that it's outdoors. I'm a big outdoor dining person. Um, so yeah. Anyway, can't wait to be there next week. Hope everyone's doing well. Stay magical, be magical, and I'll talk to y'all real soon. Bye. Hey, I was thinking about the best place to spend the night in Disney. No. Uh, no bars hold. So if I could go back in time, I would go back, Lou, to Pleasure Island, and I would go to the Adventurers Club. I would have a great dinner and a show there, enjoy talking with the Sergeant Major, have an evening drink, and then retire upstairs to my room at the club. If I could do that, that would be awesome. Take care. Thanks. Bye.